Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throw it high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Thursday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the players are off, but the assistant coaches are on. The defensive and special teams coaches are going to talk to us. We're going to hear from Josh Boyer, Gerald Alexander, Anthony Campanelli, Austin Clark, Marion Hobby, and Danny Crossman, plus my exclusive interview with Dolphins wide receiver Isaiah Ford. All of that and more on this Thursday, August the 27th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins We're going to go ahead and start with Isaiah here in just one second. But first, as the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals character. It's also taught us that what is truly most important is our health. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So who do you wear a mask for? Mask up South Florida, keep caring, live healthy, stay strong, and learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. All right, I had a chance to talk to Isaiah Ford on the Drive Time Training Camp Special, which comes out later on Thursday evening. You can check out that video show on YouTube, MiamiDolphins.com. Let's go ahead and play the full entire interview here on the Drive Time Podcast with Dolphins receiver Isaiah Ford. And riding shotgun now on the Drive Time Training Camp Special is Dolphins receiver Isaiah Ford. Isaiah, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. So how are you feeling right now? We're in the middle of week number two here of padded practices. Has that initial soreness kind of subsided a little bit? You feeling good? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's uh, like you said, it's, just, it's at that point in time of camp where everybody's sore. Everybody's feeling a little banged up, a little nicked up, but we just got to uh, keep pushing through. And I'm curious because this time of camp, it seems like maybe for players and people involved across the entire organization, it might be natural to kind of become not complacent, but maybe the feeling that creeps into your mind of like, I got to stack these days up back to back to back to back. How do you fight that possible complacency and continue on with the grind and your routine every single day? Right. And I, I think the, the biggest thing, well, what, what has worked for me is, you know, once I leave the facility to completely restart, you know, um, once I get home, kind of try to take those something to take your mind off of what happened at the facility. Um, and then in the morning, wake up and you relock in and refocus and try to take everything one day at a time. What do you do to get yourself refocused? Anything <laughs> in particular you go to, like a Netflix show or something? Uh, actually, I've been watching The Last Dance. Um, I've been watching that every day. And, and my girlfriend's at the house. She's probably getting tired of watching it with me. But <laughs> um, I put that on every, every day for maybe about an hour, hour and a half. And I've been pretty much watching the same episode over and over, too. Um, but um, doing that and then in the morning, um, just refocusing. How many times have you seen it now through? Probably 10. At least 10. <laughs> at least 10, yeah. I'm catching up to you on The Office. I watch The Office all the time at night. It's like it just puts me to sleep, so same idea there but uh back on the field man I, I love watching you guys in these individual drills and, and one of the reasons is you guys do it right in front of us for the media but just generally speaking uh, you know a lot of release drills it seems like a lot of stuff that focuses focuses on cutting but what are you specifically trying to accomplish in some of those individual drills right uh so i think we use the individual period to 
we want to be as clean as possible, you know, with, with our feet, with our techniques, with our hand placement, with our feet placement, then catching the ball, you want to frame it and looking it all the way in. So I kind of use that period to really make sure that I'm honing into the, the little details of everything uh, that comes with playing receiver, um, making sure my feet are feeling good and making sure my shoulders are loose and my quickness is feeling how, how it needs to go. And of course, new Dolphins receivers coach Josh Grizzard taking over that position for Carl Durrell last year. Uh, what can you tell us about Coach so far and how he's kind of taking hold and making that room his own? Right, and I think uh, he's done a really good job at not only taking some of the things that we did that worked for us last year in individual drills and in that, in that room and kind of <clears throat> building on those things and then making them his own as well because he's his own coach, he's his own personality. Um, and I think it's, it's been extremely smooth. Another player in that receiver room there with you with Isaiah Ford here on the Drive Time Podcast and Drive Time Training Camp Special is Devontae Parker, and you saw him for the last three years, the entirety of your career so far, and 2019 was a big breakout year for him. What did you see in his game or maybe his routine that allowed him to experience some of that success last season? I think the biggest thing was his confidence. Um, I think you could visibly see him get more and more confident with um, – not only the practices that he put together, but the belief that everyone around him had and had in him. And I think that once he started to make a few plays and he just started to build on it and realized that, you know, he's really unguardable. Has he been more vocal this year? Yes. Um, and I think that kind of started a little bit last year as well. And, and that was something that you, you could tell that was coming with the confidence that he was feeling in himself. In himself and it was good because we're going to need that um, as a team, as specifically as a receiver room for him to, to lead and to be out there, be vocal and be himself. You make a few plays, you get a little bit swaggy, right? That's how it goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I feel it. I noticed you. So there was a play. I can't remember what day it was in training camp, but you caught a pass and you did your. It was in the end zone, so I don't know if it was two point or red zone or team period, whatever it was. You scored and you did your your patented spin the football <laughs> on the ground. And I noticed last year a couple times you were doing that too. Is that kind of your go to move? Uh, that was something that it kind of started in, in high school. Um, my coach would joke around about it with Keenan McCardell and said he would always do it. So I would do it in practice. But in high school, you weren't allowed to spin the ball or any, do anything like that. And then in college, we weren't really allowed to celebrate either. So I always said that, you know, once I got into the NFL, I, I spin the ball. Right just something that comes comes during the game. Yeah, right before you got to the NFL, there was actually a ban on doing that. Like after a receiver caught a pass for a first down, they couldn't do that. They would flag him. So they luckily took that rule back and made it back to not well, the no well, fun. Thank God they did. I'm sure it was all for you, Isaiah. <laughs> well, one of my favorite stats from last year, I, I tweeted about it, I talked about it on the podcast, is the number of catches on targets and the production you had towards the end of the year as your production, like Devontae's, began to really take off in December. What would you attribute some of your success to last year in December, kind of making that jump and getting all those statistics on the board? Um, I think the biggest thing for me, too, was was the confidence. Um, throughout having an up-and-down year, specifically um, throughout the season, and then just trusting in that the work that I was putting in was going to pay off and um, trying to kind of stack in each day, uh, like we talked about earlier. It's just taking everything one day at a time and, and letting those things add up to, to lead them to where you want to be. And then that and then Fitz trusted me. You know, um, Fitz had a unbelievable confidence in me to go out there to be where I'm supposed to be and win when uh, my number was called on. And then I think the more that we started to build that, that um, we just took off. 
That's a perfect transition to my next question here because I wanted to talk to you about your bond with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He talked about it a little bit at the end of last season. There was a quote after, I think, the Bengals, maybe the Patriots game, where he talked about your knowledge in the offense and kind of some of the things that you do to set the rest of the team up with that knowledge. Can you talk to us about that bond that you and Ryan Fitzpatrick have and kind of how it generated? Yeah. Um, so really, when he first got here in OTAs last year, um, we were kind of a few of the times we were kind of naturally on the same page with a few of those routes. And then um, as it began into training camp and everything like that, just seeing after asking questions, you know, trying to get an understanding for how he sees things on the field so that I can learn to be creative within my routes, but still match up with the timing of him and what he's seeing. And uh, I think through doing that uh, repetitively over and over after practice and during practice day, we kind of build a pretty good rapport. And then I think once I, uh, I was called up and I kind of got the opportunities at the end of the season that we just picked up right where we left off. So we talked a little bit about the now of your game. I want to go back to your rookie season because, you know, I, my sports career ended after high school, Isaiah, and it broke my heart because I love the game and it sucks when you can't play anymore. And I've always wondered this about a player like you, for instance, a seventh round draft pick late in the draft, you come in and you get injured right away. I've always thought that's got to be just like a devastating thing to overcome. What's that like for you? It was rough. You know, um, 2017 was probably one of the most challenging, if not the most challenging years of my life. But mentally, I've matured so much and I learned so much, not only about um, life in general, but about who I wanted to be and myself as a person, you know, and, um, you know, the the amount of challenges and adversity that you go through, like when you get to the end of the tunnel, you, you, you start to appreciate all the little things and all the details so much more. Like being injured, it made me appreciate running sprints, um, you know, or just being able to put the cleats on and catch the ball and do things like that. So I think going through those challenges of my rookie year kind of made me have a better appreciation of not only the game, but just everything that comes with it. That was literally the first line of my next question. Does overcoming that give you more appreciation for the game? So I appreciate you answering that honestly there for me. Let's go ahead and finish up on this note, Isaiah. The last time you and I talked was about your Be the Change Foundation. Go ahead and just tell the fans what that's about and how it's going so far. Yeah, so uh, me and uh, my marketing team, we came up with the Be the Change uh, scholarship that we're going to give to African-American at my neighborhood school of Westside High School in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, And that's also the school that, you know, my brothers went to when they were um, younger. And then my mom actually teaches at that school now. Um, So it was a really, really cool thing that we're going to get to do. We're going to get to send a uh, kid of of choice um, to uh, to a to a college for us on a free scholarship. And um, there's a bunch of things that go into that. Um, It's going to go through the teachers and um, the rest of the, the councils and everything at the, at the school are actually going to uh, gather up a group of five guys and then five guys and girls. And then uh, I'm going to actually read a, a, a paper that they're going to write or an essay rather that they're going to write. And then I'll get to choose the last one. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we actually have a GoFundMe going on right now. Um, and we've had so many generous donations that we may be able to pick two kids this year. Maybe the link for the GoFundMe is in my bio on Instagram and it's on uh, Twitter as well. Um, so if you just click on the link, um, you could see the donations and you could you could donate and we'd be extremely grateful for that. All right. Great to hear, Isaiah. We really appreciate you telling us about that and letting us know about the Be The Change Foundation by Isaiah Ford. Isaiah, that's all I got for you today, man. Appreciate your time. Best of luck this year. Stay healthy and we'll see you out there soon. Thank you so much.
So a great cause there from a great person in Isaiah Ford, the Be the Change Foundation, the scholarship of Isaiah Ford, trying to send two kids to college on that scholarship. Go ahead and check out the link, check out the website, and donate to Isaiah Ford's Be the Change Foundation. All right, let's go ahead and flip things over here to the assistant coaches who spoke to the media on Thursday. We've got five defensive assistant coaches here on the podcast, as well as special teams coordinator Danny Crossman. Let's go ahead and start with Dolphins defensive coordinator Josh Boyer who was first asked to evaluate the play so far of defensive ends Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba. Specific to Emmanuel and Shaq, like both of these guys are very diligent workers. Um, they've come in, uh, they've done a lot of things uh, that we've asked them to do. Uh, I think they're both talented players. I think they've made the most of their opportunities in practice. Improvement is a constant theme for us, and that's something that we strive for on a daily basis. And I think these guys work hard at that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not satisfied with one good play. Uh, they're looking for consistent play over time. And then there are some plays that they'd like to have back that, you know, they, they, they keep working and you keep seeing productive plays from them. And hopefully, um, you know, with all of our defensive ends, hopefully we're improving. Up next, my question for Josh Boyer. Hey, Coach, good morning. Um, I have a question for you now that we're about halfway through padded practices. I'm just curious about the evaluation mindset. Has it started to change at all towards how you're going to round out each sub package? And if it has, how do you evaluate this defense's ability to be multiple and have all the parts for each sub package you want to call on game day? Well, I, I think, yeah, it, it starts with a kind of an individual approach. Uh, you, you see what guys can do. I, I think there's there's some things out of practice. You put guys in certain situations to see how they handle it. Um, obviously, practice is the closest thing that we have to game simulation. Um, so, and we work different combinations. And I think uh, over time, some of that starts to settle in. But there is also still a competition um, between players. And I, I think that brings out the best of players, which as coaches is ultimately what we're trying to do is to get the best version of the player on and off the field. I don't expect coach to really give me his entire sub package playing on defense, but I did find it interesting to hear him talk about the rotation of guys and trying to get guys on the field to do the best job they can possibly do and really maximize their skill sets. Interesting stuff there from Dolphins DC, Josh Boyer. Up next, he was talking about Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones and how he's progressing so far through training camp and eight padded practices. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, again, Byron's had some good matchups in camp. Uh, you know, I think he's been competitive in coverage. Uh, I think he's working very hard to improve on some things that, that, that he can put himself in a little bit better position to make plays. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, he's right there. Uh, some of these, you know, we, we got a chance to, you know, get our hands on and turn the ball over. Um, and he, he's a very diligent worker, you know, works at his craft. Um, and again, it's, it's the reoccurring theme of like, we're not satisfied with where we're at and we are trying to get constant and consistent improvement. And as we know, Byron Jones signs a free agent contract. The Dolphins extended Xavier Howard last offseason and draft Noah Igbenogany in the first round of this year's draft. Here's Coach talking about the importance of cornerbacks in this defense and in the modern day of the National Football League. Well, I, I think, uh, again, it goes really back to situational football. Uh, third down, red area, two-minute, and those are, those are call it winning football. Um, you really need to have guys that can cover and you can never have too many of them, um, especially uh, the way offenses are constructed. 
Um, sometimes it's three receivers, one tight end, and a receiving back, and all of them are skilled receivers. Uh, or it could be um, two tight ends, you know, two receivers and a receiving back. And they, they can run the ball at you or they can spread you out and throw it. And I, I think as many guys that you have on your team uh, that can cover, um, it puts you in a more beneficial state as a defense. And staying on the topic of defensive backs, up next, Coach was asked about his evaluation so far of rookie cornerback Noah Igbenogany and if he's ready for serious reps on Sundays come week one. I mean, again, I, I think Noah, he's had a productive camp for us, and uh, you know, and we're we're going to hope that continues uh, again, and we're going to strive for improvement on that. And um, you know, I think when he gets the opportunity. Um, you know, hopefully he'll make the most of it. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, everything's kind of like you got to earn your right to get out there and play. And then once you get out there and play, you got to earn your right to keep more snaps. And um, that's kind of the way we've always approached things. And he's working hard towards that. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with Dolphins defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, with a question, again, from yours truly. Yeah, Coach, you guys brought a lot of new players in on that side of the ball, and some of them obviously with pre-existing relationships with both you and Coach Flores. I'm curious, how are guys, new guys on the defense kind of acclimating, and does that pre-existing relationship with those players kind of help accelerate the learning curve for the rest of the guys? Again, I, I do. I firmly believe, like, every year you, you kind of start over. So, uh, I mean, and, like, the, the current relationships, you know, some things may click a little bit, quicker for guys if the terminology is the same if you know and for other guys that are coming from different programs they may have done the same things but maybe it's just the terminology is different so it um i think it's a case-by-case basis um but you know um there's a lot of things that you know when you have a history with uh certain guys over years there's things that as a coach, you're quicker to know, okay, this is probably what we're going to get on this as, you know, and, um, but I, like I said, you know, I, I think Chris and Flo did a good job of putting as many competitive um, players on defense as they possibly could. And um, we've had some competitive practices. We've had some competitive work in, in, in individual periods. And um, again, we're, we're just going to try to improve, on a daily basis. And now we transition over to Dolphins linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli, and he's first asked to evaluate both Elandon Roberts and Kamu Gruje Hill, two new linebackers here with the Dolphins. I think both of those guys uh, have added a bunch to our team. Um, both are have great leadership qualities. Kamu um, is, is really a great athlete, a physical guy, um, and gives you a lot of things or, or Gives you an opportunity to do a lot of things with his uh, physical ability. And Atlanta's the same thing. Tremendous leader. Uh, great physicality in the run game. Um, and he's a lot of fun in the meeting room, too. Both guys are. So we, uh, we've enjoyed having him here. They, uh, they both bring a lot of great leadership qualities. And uh, you know, they've developed us uh, as a unit by, uh, by bringing all those things into our room. So we really, really, uh, I've enjoyed coaching them. And, and uh, they've brought a lot to this football team. 
I too was very curious to hear about Elandon Roberts because this is a guy that I watch out there. He's communicating. He's active. He's hitting. He's physical. He looks mean. He's talking trash to the offense. So I worded this in a way to try to see how that impacts the rest of the defense with that temperament, with that mentality. Here's my question for Coach Campanelli on Elandon Roberts. Hey, Coach, I had a question also about Alandon Roberts because you talk about the leadership he brings. We see him communicating all the time on the practice field, and we also watch him down there. And to be perfectly honest, he looks like the part of a very mean dude on the field to me. That's what I see from the press box up there. What can you say about his energy and temperament that he brings to the practice field? It, you know, it's a physical game. Um, I don't think that'll ever change. Um, and he's a physical player. So I could see it maybe uh, seems like that. But i tell you this, uh, as a person, he's one of the greatest guys you could ever meet. He's uh, a jovial guy off the field. And to be honest with you, I, I think that's where he loves being, um, is inside the white lines and, and making physical contact. So uh, just in, in drill work and team periods, he's, uh, he's an awesome guy to be around, uh, but has a great demeanor like you already uh, alluded to certainly in the meeting room, off the field, and within the lines of the football field. And just about every day on this podcast, I'll note someone who makes an effort play that stands out to me above some type of interception or touchdown because I just love guys that show the effort. So here's Coach talking about the effort so far of his linebackers in training camp. I've been so impressed with our players, uh, the linebacker unit, from the standpoint of the effort they're given to every little thing, whether it's a walkthrough, the meetings, individual work, you know, uh, every little drill that we're doing, there's been a laser focus and um, they all just kind of rally around each other, uh, push each other to, to get the best out of each other every day and uh, have created a really good standard in that room. So uh, every guy has uh, you know, held true to that, which is great. Another aspect of this Dolphins linebacker room you have to really appreciate is the fact that there are so many guys that can fulfill so many different roles and kind of fit in line with that modern-day linebacker of run, hit, cover, blitz, all those things you want in your linebacker. Here's Coach Campanelli talking about the modern-day linebacker and what it takes to play that position in 2020. I, I just think at that position um, in this league, you got to be able to run and hit, and you really got to be a smart guy because um, as the game has evolved at every level, um, linebackers are asked to do more things, right? Like there, there's a lot uh, more asked the linebackers uh, in coverage than certainly there was, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was even playing. So it's, it's always evolving, but you're always looking uh, for that out of your players. You know, you want guys that can run and hit and are great communicators. Uh, and obviously that takes uh, a really good football IQ to do that at this level. And uh, I think that our room, has done a great job with all of those things. And uh, we got a room full of guys that can do that. And on the topic of hitting, we know Rayquan McMillan's one of the best tacklers and hitters on this football team. Here is coach talking about his development so far and his evaluation of Rayquan McMillan. A guy you love to coach, you know, about all the right things. Um, physical guy, I think has continued to develop all through camp, uh, like, a, like all the other players. But really, Rayquan um, has consistently gotten better every day. Um, and guys are, you know, getting reps with uh, with everybody, just kind of in and out with different groupings of people. Um, and I think he's done a great job with all the reps that he's had in camp. And, um, you know, he's another guy, great leadership qualities um, and takes every little uh, every little inch of coaching that he can get. So it's all so important to him. Um, he loves football. So he's he's been a joy to coach. And, uh, and I think he's gotten better 
every day that I've been here. I really, really, really believe that. Quick correction. We have to finish up with this question from Safa Dean of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. It was too good to pass up on. My intention is not to stereotype you here, but I have a feeling like Sunday dinner might be really great at your house, man. <laughs> what, what? I, I, oh, What's man, on the menu? Yeah, you know, those like they start at two o'clock and then at ten o'clock. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've, uh, I've had a couple of those since I've been in Florida, which is nice. The food, the food is really good in this area. I feel like I'm back home, so it's, uh, it's nice. And Coach Flores is a Brooklyn guy. Lance Bennett, who works with us, he's a Brooklyn guy too. So those guys know how to eat. So uh, they. Uh, What's on the menu? What's on the menu? You know what? We could go any any which way right here, right now. This is, it's a good thing I'm not home because this could be like an eight hour dinner, you know. But uh, it's always, always something with red sauce on on Sundays. You know how that is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, everybody was just laughing during that whole thing, but nobody laughing harder than Coach in that moment. You heard him just embrace the role of the Jersey guy. He was loving that question, loving the answer, as you could well tell. He's from Fairlawn, New Jersey. Just for the for the record out there on Coach Campanelli. Next, we're going to hear from Dolphins defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander, who first talks about his overall evaluation of the cornerback room and how those guys are competing so far in training camp. I think all of them is com- are competing very well. You mentioned a lot of guys like Breon and Nick and um, Noah. You know, obviously we have our veteran guys like Firing. Um, but I think throughout the course of camp, you know, those guys have done a good job competing, being in, being in good position. Um, challenging the football, getting their hands on the football. Um, so, I mean, everybody, you know, for the, for the most part, are doing exactly what we want them to do um, in these practices. And that's, you know, competing their butts off out there on the field. And um, generally speaking, as a group, they've all done, done what we want them to do. So we heard earlier in the week about the point board for the defense, tracking turnovers, getting hands on footballs. Here's Coach talking about what inspired the idea of the point board and how it's not about just getting turnovers necessarily, but creating a culture and a mindset of how to hold guys accountable on that side of the ball and something of a way to create a certain behavior from his players. You know, really, the point system, man, it was, um, you know, it's really just trying to enforce uh, what we're trying to get done, and that's our job description, is getting the ball for our offense or scoring ourselves. And so it really just got, you know, categorized and, um, you know, whether it be scoops off the ground or trying to strip the ball or obviously being able to get pass breakups and interceptions. And, and at the end of the day, it's getting those guys uh, in a competitive environment. You know, it's, it's a corners versus safeties competition um, as well as another competition that we have. But, you know, it's getting them mindful of, you know, just it's all about the ball. Everything that we do, every technique, every detailed coaching point that we uh, we give them, and every defensive scheme is all about at the end of the day getting the ball. And so you start to see that energy, that competitiveness amongst those guys at practice, doing the little things that that reward points. But at the end of the day, at the same time, you know, I'm trying to build culture. I'm trying to build a way of behaving in the defensive back room and. Um, doing certain things at practice and always being conscious of the ball uh, hopefully is generating just a way of behavior where that's just the way that we operate out there on the practice field. And so um, it's been fun. It's been competitive. um, But at the end of the day, there is some method to the madness about how we operate out there in the secondary in particular. And at the cornerback position, here is coach talking about new Dolphins cornerback free agent acquisition, Byron Jones. I think you, you see a guy who's continuing over the course of camp uh, getting more comfortable within the terminology and the techniques and um, all the things that are different than where he previously played. 
And so, you know, with that, you know, this is a great time for him uh, continue to get back to the basics and fundamentals and, and, and retool and reshape his craft um, as he's been doing. You see that he's the ultimate professional. Um, he's a great influence on some of our young guys and how he approaches really everything that he does, whether we're on the field, off the field, in the classroom. Um, so you start to see a, a guy who um, who handles himself like a professional, who's doing some good things out there on the field, who's learning and developing as he continues to go. Um, and, and he's out there really competing out there on the football field. And I've been dying to ask Coach this next question about safeties who are cornerback converts and what exactly the Dolphins look for in those players to make that jump like Eric Rowe, like Bobby McCain, like a player like Brandon Jones who played all over the defense in college and his ability to play in the slot, play safety, play deep, play in the box. Here's Coach talking about cornerbacks and translating to safety and how that matches up with today's NFL. Hey, Coach, you touched on your cornerback play a little bit earlier, the first question of this presser. I'm curious about your safeties, and you guys have a history here of converting cornerbacks into safety with Eric Rowe out wide or McCain or Brandon Jones who've played in the slot before. What is it about guys that can come down and cover that make for good safeties in your defense? I think you see how the game is now. I mean, this is a big uh, – you know, offenses are trying to do everything they can to attack space, especially in the passing game. And so you need guys who have – the athleticism to be able to cover in space and, you know, be tough enough to be able to support it on the run. Um, so, I mean, those guys are, are much valued now in today's NFL than maybe in, you know, the years past or in the history of the NFL um, when things were kind of a little bit more condensed and, and heavy run oriented. So you, when you have guys like Bobby and you have guys like Eric and you have guys like Brandon um, who, who are really good in space, but also are smart and great communicators and tough enough to be able to support in the run, you know, those guys are valued in today's game. And the last question went back to the idea of the point system. And I want to just play this sound because Coach, the way he thinks about the mentality and the behavior of his defensive backs room is really fascinating to hear. And here's Coach just talking about how that point system generates a mentality and a behavioral mindset in the DB's room. Yeah, I think in in, in ways my, my responsibility is to, um, you know, create, uh, different ways of operating here and, and, and fortunately enough I did come from college and so um, it gives it gives a fresh new uh, a fresh new feel for maybe the guys who um, who are at this level who haven't had a chance to have that that same amount of competition or an energy or, or, or whatever these guys are taking from um, this competition and this point system and so again at the same time that this is happening and they're having fun with it and they're uh, competing against one another know what I'm trying to do is inadvertently try to create change and behavior and now hopefully when these guys are competing like this at practice and doing the necessary things that you know warrant the value of the point system they're also starting to uh, you know create behavior and, and how each other operate and how we definitely hold ourselves accountable so it gets to the point where you know those are just the things that these guys do as a secondary and so now when you're not behaving in that way when you're not living up to the cultural standard that this point system has provided, then you know you got something when now the, the players are now policing each other and saying, hey, we don't operate like this in practice. Hey, we scoop up incomplete passes. Hey, we try to strip for the ball every single player. We run to the ball and practice every single rep. And so, you know, that's what that's what it's really trying to create. That's really the foundation. That's the method to the madness. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what we do out there is a grind and, 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 and there's fun in it. And it gives just a fresh new feel when we get out there and practice and compete on a day to day. From the backfield to the second level of the defense, we go back to the linebacker position and talk to Coach Austin Clark first about Kyle Van Noy. I think he's a phenomenal player. 
um, that, that has a lot of versatility, uh, very smart and instinctive. And uh, excited about him and all the other guys. Hey, Coach, kind of on that same Kyle Van Noy wavelength there. Um, when it comes to rushing from different gaps, a player like Kyle certainly comes to mind. Is there a stark contrast in the way you teach technique for a guy to rush off the edge compared to, like, let's say the A gap, for instance? And what does Kyle's experience playing in that role do to sort of provide an example for the rest of the room when it comes to rushing multiple gaps? I think there's a couple things that go into it. Um, one, schematically, depending on what what the scheme calls for, um, you know, one-on-one, if it's a true one-on-one matchup that we're dictating there, then that's different too. And I think Kyle has a skill set um, that he can win on the edge, he can win inside. And his versatility within this scheme that we play, as well as what he's done on Sunday, making big-time plays and big-time games, uh, is something that's going to prove to be huge for us. And we'll go ahead and finish up here with a question about Dolphins linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle. I think the the biggest thing Gink has done for himself is he got a lot stronger um, at the point of attack, I think, and I think he would tell you that. Um, I think he understands his scheme extremely well, and he knows how to use his length and athleticism and um, has found some niches in his game, some go-to stuff for him, and uh, it's paid dividends. He's also a very smart player. Uh, that understands the scheme and and, uh, really excited working with him. And now we'll keep moving forward to the defensive line and talk to Dolphins D-line coach Marion Hobby and my question about length and heavy hands. Hey coach, I want to ask you about the other day the defensive line had a bunch of batted passes down at the line of scrimmage and obviously Mm -hmm. length and those big powerful hands can go a long way to help those guys detach and get their hands in the football. But I was curious if you could explain the value of length and heavy hands in your system specifically as it pertains to kind of holding the point against the run but also as a pass rusher. Well, I think that's big time important. Um, When you look at the offensive tackles and the offensive linemen even uh, in this league, they're pretty big guys, you know, so being able to be able to, you know, attack them on, at the point of attack, um, strong hands, being able to separate off guys, and then, you know, not batted down passes, a lot of timing. You know, the guys are what? They're getting separation, getting their eyes, seeing the quarterback hands come off, and being able to, to get their hands up, you know, but um, being able to, uh, them taller guys, them bigger guys, being able to separate. Uh, from these big offensive linemen being able to get their hands up is, is huge. Up next, here's Coach talking about the development and the rotation of guys up front like Raekwon Davis, Devon Godshaw, and Christian Wilkins. Coach starts here with Raekwon Davis. Well, I'll tell you what, he, he, he's um, he's looked impressive. You know, you can get in there. He's a big man. You know, he can really, he's powerful. You know, and he kind of sticks out a little bit, something especially in the run game. Um, I think all three of those guys are competing at a high level. You know, and with a 16-game season and planning on winning a lot of games, I think all three of them are very important to what we're doing. And um, and that's a position where you can keep guys fresh in there. Um, you, you're really in good shape. And another player on that defensive line who's had some good practices so far here in training camp is Jason Strobridge. Here's Coach evaluating his rookie fifth-round draft pick out of North Carolina. Uh, probably about his uh, probably his natural get off. You know, he's kind of thinking a little bit. You can tell he's a young guy. He wants to please. He, you know, and sometimes you know, a guy told me a long time a confused player and a non motivated player look the same. You know, and I think sometimes he's a little bit confused and want to please, want to be correct. And sometimes this man just turning it loose and going. But I tell you what, he uh, he does flash at you a lot. He does a lot of good things that. 
it catches your eye that definitely want to, that keeps you on his trail. <laughs> you know, you push him a little bit, but uh, he does a lot of good stuff. You know, we just, you know, I always tell him, hey, man, react rather than uh, thinking, thinking this thing through. And we wrap this podcast up with Danny Crossman, Dolphins special teams coordinator. And the first question posed to him was about Preston Williams as a punt returner. Again, you know, when it comes, injuries can happen anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, so number one, you have a guy that's got a skill set. Number two, you have a guy that wants to do it, you know, and then we just got to decide and, and how best fits and what the situations are in the game. But, I mean, there's so many layers to it, and it involves everybody. Up next, my question for Coach Crossman. Hey, Coach, good morning. Um, I always find it fascinating to watch guys break from whatever previous drill they go to, then to come to your unit and just bust their ass downfield as gunners and jammers. Like, I have a lot of respect for the conditioning that goes into that. But specifically, I want to ask you about a guy that I think stands out in that way, in Clayton Fedulum, and just your initial impression of how he works in the kicking game. Well, I think what... What you have with Clayton is a guy that, you know, as we bring in an, an established veteran, um, number one, understanding what's been his role in the past and then just being able to translate that to, to us and set the tone for what we're trying to develop and, and where we want everybody to be in those drills. And, you know, yes, Clayton's doing a great job. But when you, as you said, when you look at those drills, we have every guy working to play to that same level and those that that are are encouraging and bringing those other guys with them because especially with this type of offseason preseason um you know you, you have to be able to manipulate and try to get those high intensity looks in the kicking game um, without having preseason games and here's coach talking about the lack of reps the team has lost from no preseason games, but how they're finding ways to replace those reps with practice, with urgency and repetition. It, it's It's been fine. You know, it's just all it comes down to is putting them into some of those situations that you would think that they would find themselves in in a preseason game. And you just have to do it in practice and as much as we can in controlled areas controlled situations. Uh, and that's the thing about it is, you know, we can manipulate that. We can get done in practice. And we've done that in the past based on what's happened in preseason games. You know, we've all been there where, you know, as I said in the past, you know, you have this idea of what you want to get looked at in a preseason game. It, it doesn't always play out that way based on how the game goes. So, you know, you're always having to tweak what you do in practice to get those books. It's just a little bit more self-evident this year because you know you don't have those live reps in preseason games. you got to be able to try and simulate those in practice. And there you have it, Dolphins defensive assistant coaches and Danny Crossman special teams coordinator. If you want to find the entirety of those videos, go ahead and check out MiamiDolphins.com or the YouTube channel as well. And speaking of the YouTube channel, we have the Drive Time Training Camp special coming your way this afternoon slash evening. It'll be out sometime on Thursday. Do not miss that. If I'm evaluating myself on the second episode compared to the first, I personally think I did much better, much more comfortable. I knew what to do with my hands this time around. So check that out. And before we get out of here, as the official wellness provider and sports medicine provider of the Miami Dolphins, Baptist Health is ready and committed to continue caring for you safely. This pandemic has reminded us that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals character. It's also taught us that our health 
is truly what matters most. We have the power to protect each other by wearing a mask. So who do you wear a mask for? Mask up South Florida. Keep caring. Live healthy. Stay strong. And learn more at baptisthealth.net slash coronavirus. And if you have a chance, please do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Helps us go up the charts, helps our rankings, helps us with everything. We appreciate that. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until tomorrow, for another day of practice, fins up.